Jami'a Tirmidhi. This is a collection of hadith by Imam Tirmidhi. The English translation is by Abu Khalil. This audio is narrated by QNS Academy. The Compilation of Imam At-Tirmidhi The Book on Military Expeditions Chapter on What Has Been Related About Calling to Islam Before Fighting Abu al-Bakhtari narrated An army from the armies of the Muslims whose commander was Salman al-Farisi besieged one of the Persian castles. They said, O Abu Abdullah, should we charge them? He said, Leave me to call them to Islam as I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, call them. So Salman went to them and said, I am only a man from among you, a Persian, and you see that the Arabs obey me. If you become Muslims, then you will have the likes of what we have, and from you will be required that which is required from us. If you refuse and keep your religion, then we will leave you to it and you will give us the jizya from your hands while you are submissive. He said to them in Persian, And you are other than praiseworthy. And if you refuse, then we will equally resist you. They said, We will not give you the jizya. We will fight you instead. So they said, O Abu Abdullah, should we charge them? He said, No. He said, So for three days he called them to the same things. And then he said, charge them. He said, so we charged them, and we conquered that castle. This hadith is greater da'if, or weak. Comments, issues and commands of jihad and related topics have been taken from the life of the Prophet, peace be upon him. So the author has discussed these in this distinct chapter entitled, Chapter of Asiyar, Military Expeditions. Chapter on the prohibition of attacking if a masjid is seen or the adhan is heard. Ibn Islam al-Muzani narrated from his father and he was a companion who said, When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, dispatched an army or battalion, he would say to them, If you see a masjid or hear someone calling the adhan, then do not kill anyone. This hadith is graded ta'if or weak. Comments A mosque and a call to prayer, adhan, are signs of Islam and shows the presence of Muslims in the habitation. So the place where there is a masjid or a call for prayer is heard should not be attacked. Chapter on Regarding Nighttime and Surprise Attacks Anas narrated When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, set out for Khaybar, he approached it at night. And when he came to a people during the night, he would not attack them until morning. So when the morning came, the Jews came out with their shovels and baskets. Then when they saw him, they said, Muhammad, by Allah, Muhammad has come with the Khamis, an army. So the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Allahu Akbar, Khaybar is destroyed. For whenever we approach the land of a people, then what an evil morning for those who have been warned. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Footnote regarding the statement, For whenever we approach the land of a people, then what an evil morning for those who have been warned. See Surat As-Safat chapter 37 verse 177 and its explanation in the tafsir of Ibn Kathir. And hadith number 371 of Al-Bukhari. Comments Night attack on enemy forces to defeat and to overpower them at the time of need is legal. Imam al-Shafi'i and Imam Abu Hanifa and most of the people of knowledge support this view. Unintentional killing of women and children in a night attack is excused but killing them intentionally is not allowed. Sahih Muslim Volume 2 page 84 to 85 and Al-Mughni volume 13 page 140 Abu Talha narrated when the Prophet peace be upon him overtook a people he would stay at the outskirts of their city for three nights this hadith is graded sahih or 
authentic. Chapter on regarding burning and destroying. Ibn Umar narrated the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, burnt the palm trees of Bani Nadir and cut them down at Al Buwayra. So Allah revealed, whatever you cut down of their palm trees or you left them standing on their trunks, then it was by the permission of Allah and in order to disgrace the rebellious. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Footnote Regarding the statement, whatever you cut down of their palm trees or you left them standing on their trunks, then it was by the permission of Allah and in order to disgrace the rebellious. See Surah Al-Hashar Chapter 59 Verse 5 Comments All four imma approve that in war, at the time of need, burning the trees and demolishing the forts of the enemy is legal. People of knowledge also approve of this point. Chapter on What has been related about the spoils of war Abu Umama narrated that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Verily, Allah has honored me over the Prophets. Or, he said, My nation over the nations, and he has made the spoils of war lawful for us. This hadith is graded Hassan, or good. Comments The Prophet, peace be upon him, has superiority and many distinctions over previous Prophets. In the second narration, that of Abu Hurairah, which is recorded by Muslim and others, six distinctions have been mentioned. Chapter on the shares given for the horse. Ibn Umar narrated, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, divided the spoils as two shares for the horse and one share for the man. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments In jihad, the role of a horse is very important. Breeding, raising, and caring for horses is quite an expensive job. That is why the share of the horse has been prescribed in the spoils of war. Chapter on what has been related about the Saraya, military unit. Ibn Abbas narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, The best companions are four. The best Saraya, military unit, is 400. The best army is 4,000. And 12,000 will not be beaten due to being too few. This hadith is graded da'if or weak. Comments there are needs and problems of long journeys. Therefore, two or three persons feel it difficult to travel a long way on foot or on horseback. If many people are traveling together, it makes the journey easy. Similarly, a small company of 400 in a troop is just a precise and strong company. An army of 12,000 troops is a complete army. Chapter on about who is given spoils of war. Al-Fayt Yazid bin Hurmuz narrated that Najda al-Haruri wrote to Ibn Abbas asking if the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, would fight along with women, and if he would fix a share of the spoils of war for them. Ibn Abbas wrote to him, You wrote to me asking me if the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, would fight along with women. He did fight along with them, as they would treat the wounded. They received something from the spoils of war, but as for their share, then he did not fix a share for them. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Footnote Usually, al-fayt refers to goods captured without any fight, while ghanima refers to the spoils of war in general. Here, it is apparent that the author is using al-fayt to refer to ghanima as well. Comments According to most of the people of knowledge, the women are not supposed to take part in war, and fighting with the enemy is not their duty. So their share has not been described in the spoils of war, but the army chief can give them a small share. Chapter 1 Does the Slave Receive a Share? Umair, the freed slave of Abi Laham, said, I participated at Khaybar with my masters. They spoke about me to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, and told him that I was a slave. He said, so he ordered me to take up the sword, and I found myself dragging it, so he ordered that I be given something from the goods. I presented a rughiyah that I used to treat the possessed with, so he ordered me 
leave some of it and keep some of it. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Footnote, the statement, so he ordered me to leave some of it and keep some of it, that is, to discard some of its words that oppose the Qur'an and Sunnah. See, Tuhfat al-Ahwaldi. Comments Regarding the share of a slave in the spoils of war, the view of most of the people of knowledge is the same as has been explained in the preceding narration about women. This narration also proves that treatment of a patient with rughya, which is not against the Holy Qur'an and Sunnah of the Prophet, peace be upon him, is lawful. Chapter on what has been related about Ahl al-Dhimmi fighting with the Muslims, are they to receive a share of the spoils of war? Aisha narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, advanced towards Badr till he reached Harratil Wabr, where he was met by a man from the idolaters, about whom it was said he was brave and courageous. The Prophet, peace be upon him, said to him, Do you believe in Allah and his Messenger? He said, No. He said, Then return, because we do not seek aid from an idolater. This hadith is graded sahih, or authentic. Footnote, Harratil Wabr is a location about four miles from Al-Medina. Comments, if any disbeliever takes part in the war on his own, he will be given something from the spoils. Imam Ahmed, Al-Awza'i, Al-Zuhri, and Ishaq support this view. According to Imam Malik, Abu Hanifa, and Al-Shafi'i, a disbeliever will get no share from the spoils of war. Tuhfat al-Ahwaldi, Volume 2, page 381, and Al-Mughni, Volume 13, page 97-98. to Abu Musa narrated, I arrived upon the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, at Khaybar along with a group of the Ash'ari tribe. He gave us shares along with those that conquered it. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments A share from the spoils of war is the right of those who have participated in the battle. If some people arrive late when the battle is over and the spoils have not yet been distributed, keeping in view the circumstances and needs of the latecomers just to comfort them, a small share can be given to them after consultation and with the consent of the other warriors. Tuhfat al-Ahwaldi, Volume 2, page 381, and Al-Mughni. Chapter on what has been related about using the containers of the idolaters. Abu Dha'laba al-Kushani narrated, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was asked about the pots of the Zoroastrians. He said, Clean them by washing them, and then cooking them and he prohibited every predator and possessor of canines. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments Use of the utensils of non-Muslims should be avoided. In dire need, it is allowed to use them after careful and thorough washing. Tuhfat al-Ahwaldi, Volume 2, page 382, and Subul al-Salam, Volume 1, page 43, to 44. Chapter on regarding the Nafil. Ubada bin al-Samit narrated, the Prophet, peace be upon him, used to confer a fourth of the spoils of war in the early part of the expedition, and a third during the return. This hadith is graded sahih, or authentic. Footnote, a Nafil is an additional gift from the spoils of war that is given to particular fighters. Comments. In the start when the army advances for the conflict, troops are fresh and on the way to the battlefield. If a company of the Muslim army engages with some enemy regiment, and after defeating them, they acquire some spoils, one-fourth of the share of this will be given to the company in action. And this will be equally distributed among the company members. Similarly, on return, when the army is tired after the conflict, a company performing heroic deed on its way back gets one-third as their share of the spoils. Chapter on what has been related about whoever kills someone in battle, then his goods are his. Abu Qatada narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, 
Whoever kills someone in battle, having a proof for that, then his goods are his. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments In battle, the personal belongings of a fallen enemy, like his sword, clothes, etc., when the fighter has a witness or some proof, he keeps such goods. Imam al-Awza'i, al-Layth, al-Shafi'i, Ahmed, Ishaq, and others support this point of view. And this is correct. If the personal belongings of the killed are precious or considerable in quantity, then the chief of the army is allowed to take one-fifth of it for the state. Chapter on it being disliked to sell the spoils of war until it has been distributed. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri narrated, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, prohibited selling the spoils of war until it has been distributed. This hadith is graded hasan, or good. Comments Before distribution, the spoils are the property of the state, and the share of an individual is unknown prior to its division. Therefore, its sale and purchase in this condition is unlawful. Chapter on what has been related about it being disliked to have intercourse with pregnant female prisoners. Um Habiba bint Irbald bin Sauria narrated from her father who told her that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, prohibited intercourse with female prisoners until they deliver what is in their wombs. This hadith is graded Hassan or good. Comments Having sexual intercourse with a pregnant slave woman who is given to a warrior as his share of the spoils is not allowed, since the pregnancy is from someone else. The owner of the pregnant slave woman is not allowed to have sexual relations with her until she gives birth to the child. Chapter on what has been related about the food of the idolaters. Qabilsa bin Hulb narrated from his father who said, I asked the Prophet, peace be upon him, about the food of the Christians. He, peace be upon him, said, Do not allow food to put uneasiness in your chest similar to the doubts of Christianity about it. This hadith is graded Hassan or good. Comments Christians, without any legal reason and genuine cause, used to avoid some lawful foods and make them unlawful for themselves. In this narration, Muslims are advised not to follow the Christians regarding foods. They should eat what is lawful for them and should not have any hesitation in eating legal foods. Chapter on it being disliked to separate related captives. Abu Ayyub narrated that he heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, Whoever separates between a mother and her child, then Allah will separate between him and his beloved on the Day of Judgment. This hadith is graded Hassan or good. Comments The people of knowledge unanimously agree that a mother and her child should not be separated until the child reaches the age of maturity. It is not allowed to separate the small children of a slave family from their parents or from each other. Chapter on what has been related about killing captives and ransoming. Ali narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said that Jibril had indeed descended upon him to say to him, Tell them, meaning your companions, to choose regarding the captives of Badr, between either killing them or ransoming them, so that the amount killed by them will correspond similarly to them. So they said, Ransom, even though some of us may be killed. This hadith is graded da'if, or weak. Comments The companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, preferred the opinion of Abu Bakr against the opinion of Omar. Omar gave the opinion to kill the prisoners of Badr, but Abu Bakr's opinion was to forgive them and treat them with kindness as they were their relatives, and that they should be released after receiving ransom from them. The money received from them as ransom could be used for religious works and there was also the possibility that in the future they may accept Islam or their children may become Muslims. In the future, if 70 of them were martyred, it would be their good fortune to attain the status of martyrs. Imran bin Hussein narrated that the Prophet, peace be upon him, ransomed two men from the Muslims with a man from the idolaters. 
This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments. Most of the people of knowledge say that it is the right and privilege of the emir or of the head of the state to treat the prisoners according to the situation. He can put them in jail or forgive them after receiving ransom, or he can release them without receiving anything from them. This point of view is correct. Chapter on what has been related about the prohibition of killing women and children. Ibn Umar narrated that a woman was found killed in one of the expeditions of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. So the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, rebuked that, and he prohibited killing women and children. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments Generally, if the women and children are not taking part in the fight or they are becoming a hindrance in reaching the enemy, it is not allowed to kill them. In the case where the women are participating in the battle in any form, it is allowed to kill them. If they are unintentionally killed in night raids when it is difficult, then there is no violation. Ibn Abbas narrated, I was informed by Asab bin Jathama who said, I said, O Messenger of Allah, our horses trampled over women and children of the idolaters. He said, They are from their fathers. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Chapter on the prohibition of burning with fire. Abu Huraira narrated, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent us with an army and said, If you see so and so and so and so, referring to two men from the Quraysh, then burn them with fire. Then, upon our departure, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, I ordered you to burn so-and-so and so-and-so with fire. And indeed, none punishes with fire except Allah. So if you see them, then kill them. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments In the view of Umar and Ibn Abbas, burning alive is not allowed at all. In the view of some companions, burning alive in retaliation is allowed to make it a lesson for others. The correct opinion is that no one should be burnt alive. In the case of defense in a battle, if the enemy is using firearms and fire spreading ordinance, etc., it is allowed to use the same kind of weapons to kill the enemy. Al-Mughni, volume 13, page 138 to 139. Chapter on what has been related about Ghulul. Thoban narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Whoever dies and he is free of three, kibr, pride, ghulul, and debt, he will enter paradise. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Footnote Ghulul refers to the goods stolen from the spoils of war or concealed before it is divided among the soldiers. It also carries the general meaning of unlawful wealth. See Tuhfat al Lahwaldi and see. Hadith number 1 Comments Being innocent and guiltyless from these three things means that he is very careful about human rights. It is obvious that he who is careful about the rights of his fellow human beings must be more careful about the right of Allah. Therefore, such a person hopes in Allah's mercy and paradise. Thoban narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Whoever's soul departs from his body while he is free of three, kens, buried treasure, gulul, and debt, then he will enter paradise. This hadith is graded ta'if or weak. Simak Abu Zumail al-Hanafi said, I heard Ibn Abbas saying, Umar bin al-Khattab narrated to me that he said, It was said, O Messenger of Allah, so-and-so has been murdered. He said, No, I saw him in the fire because of a garment he pilfered from the spoils of war. He said, Stand up, O Umar. Call out that no one enters paradise except the believers. Three times. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments This narration makes it clear that a fighter who takes anything from the spoils of war without the permission of the army chief 
commits the crime of embezzlement, which eclipses the high status of martyrdom. He who is an offender of stealing from the spoils of war will not go to paradise. Chapter 1 What has been related about women going out for war Anis narrated, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to go to battle with Umm Sulaim and other women with her, from the Ansar, who would give water and tend to the wounded. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments For the essential services of the forces like emergency medical help, care of the wounded, and transportation of martyrs to a safe place, it is allowed to take the women to the battlefield. For the purposes mentioned above, a very careful selection of females should be made. The military administration should make sure that the presence of female members is not a hindrance in the performance of duties or affecting the morals of the soldiers. Chapter on what has been related about accepting gifts from the idolaters. Ali narrated from the Prophet peace be upon him that Kisra sent him a gift so he accepted and that the kings gave him gifts and he accepted them. This hadith is graded da'if or weak. Comments Gifts from non-Muslim kings and head of states can be accepted for diplomacy and to develop good relations to save the Muslims living near the borders. In the greater interest of Muslims, it is allowed to accept gifts from non-Muslims. Chapter on the gifts of the idolaters being disliked. Ayyad bin Himar narrated that he gave the Prophet peace be upon him a gift or a camel. So the Prophet peace be upon him said, Have you accepted Islam? He said, No. He said that I have been prohibited from the Zebd gifts of the idolaters. This hadith is graded Hassan or good. Chapter on what has been related about the prostration of gratitude. Sajdatish Shukr. Abu Bakr narrated, The Prophet, peace be upon him, was met by some affair that made him happy, so he prostrated to Allah. This hadith is graded Hassan, or good. Comments On hearing good news, prostrating before Allah as an acknowledgement of his mercy and blessings is proved from Sahih narrations. Imam Shafi'i and Ahmed both have the same view. Some of the scholars say that this is not proven by any authentic narration from the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, but this is not the case. Chapter on what has been related about the assurance of protection granted by a woman and a slave. Abu Huraira narrated, the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Indeed, a woman grants assurance of protection to a people, meaning it is to be honored from the Muslims. This hadith is graded Hassan or good. Comments The meaning is that if one of the Muslims gives protection to a disbeliever, all of the Muslims are required to honor that protection. See for details Al-Mughni, volume 13, page 75 to 76. Chapter on what has been related about breaking treaties. Abu al-Fadl said, I heard Sulaim bin Amir saying, there was a treaty between Muawiyah and the people of Rome. He was making an expedition into their lands so that when the period of the treaty was expired, he could attack them. So when a man upon an animal or upon a horse said, Allahu Akbar, fulfillment, not betrayal, and it turned out to be Amr bin Abasa, Muawiyah asked him about that. He said, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, Whoever has a treaty between himself and a people, then let him not violate the treaty, nor try to change it until its time has passed, or in retribution for a similar offense. He said, So Muawiyah returned with the people. This hadith is graded sahih, or authentic. Comments The companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, helped each other in deeds of virtue, and they would avoid breaking the promises and treaties. This narration also proves Muawiyah's zeal for what is correct. If any law or legal command was known to him, on knowing the real facts, he acted upon it according to the truth. Chapter on what has been related about For each person who betrays a treaty, there is a banner erected on the Day of Judgment. Ibn Umar narrated, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Indeed, the one who betrays will have a banner erected for him on the Day of Judgment. This hadith is graded sahih 
or authentic. Comments Breaking promises is a major crime and its punishment on the Day of Judgment is that the betrayer will be humiliated before the people and a flag indicating his vice of betrayal will be fixed to his body. Chapter on what has been related about cessation for arbitration. Jabir narrated, On the day of the Battle of Al-Ahzab, Sa'ad bin Mu'adh was struck by an arrow such that the upper vein or lower vein of his forearm was severed. So the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, tried to stop it with fire, but it made his arm bleed profusely, so he left it. Then he did it another time, but it caused it to bleed profusely. Upon seeing that, he said, O oh Allah, do not allow my soul to depart until my eyes are comforted by the elimination of Bani Qurayla. He pressed his vein closed, and it did not bleed a drop before they surrendered to the arbitration of Sa'ad bin Mu'adh. He, the Prophet, peace be upon him, sent for him, Sa'ad, who judged that their men should be killed, their women should be spared, and that the Muslims may share them among themselves. With this, the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, you have judged according to Allah's judgment for them, and they were four hundred. Then, when he finished killing them, his vein opened up and he died. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments Ben Qurayla were an ally of the Muslims, but they deceived the Muslims on the occasion of the Battle of Ahzab, which caused many difficulties for Muslims. Sa'ad, who was their ally from the time of Jahriyyah, was shocked at their behavior. He wanted to see Bani Qurayla punished for their offensive conduct. Samura bin Jundab narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Kill the elder men among the idolaters, and spare the sharkh among them. This hadith is graded da'if or weak. Atiyah al-Qurazi narrated, We were presented to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, on the day of the Battle of Qurayla. Whoever had pubic hair was killed, and whoever did not was left to his way. I was of those who did not have pubic hair, so I was left to my way. This hadith is graded sahih, or authentic. Comments This narration proves that if it has been decided to kill the enemy, then those among the enemy who are their leaders, and those who are able to fight against the Muslims will be killed. It means only adults who are potential danger should be killed. Old persons and children who have not reached the age of puberty should not be killed. Discussion about the age of puberty has already been given in a previous narration. Chapter on what has been related about oaths of allegiance. Amr bin Shuhayb narrated from his father, from his grandfather, that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said during his khutbah, fulfill the allegiances sworn in Jahiliyyah, for it, meaning Islam, does not add to them except in gravity, and do not initiate new allegiances in Islam. This hadith is graded Hassan, or good. Comments The religion of Islam is a religion of peace and brotherhood. There is no need for taking oaths of allegiance between tribes after its victory in a land. Chapter on Taking the Jizya from the Zoroastrians Bajala bin Abda narrated I was a scribe for Jez bin Ma'awiyah at Minadir when Umar's letter came to us saying, Inspect the Zoroastrians around you, take the jizya from them. For indeed, Abdurrahman bin Auf informed me that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, took the jizya from the Zoroastrians of Hajar. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Najala narrated that Umar would not take the jizya from the Zoroastrians until Abdurrahman bin Auf informed him that the Prophet, peace be upon him, took the jizya from the Zoroastrians of Hajar. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Malik narrated from a Zuhri that Sa'ib bin Yazid said, The Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, took the jizya from the Zoroastrians of Bahrain, and Umar took it in Persia, and Uthman took it from the Persians. This hadith is graded Hassan, or good. Comments A tax, jizya, is imposed on non-Muslims living in a Muslim country against the security and protection provided to them to live in peace. They are supposed to help the Muslims in defense of the country 
as well as paying the tax. Chapter on what has been related about what is lawful from the wealth of Ahlul Dhimmi. Uqba bin Amir narrated, I said, O Messenger of Allah, we come across a people and they do not host us, and they do not give us our rights, and we do not take anything from them. So the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, If they refuse such that you can only take by force, then take. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments Hospitality of Arabs was an exemplary tradition, but the conduct of non-Muslims was extraordinarily biased against the Muslims. They not only neglected their traditional hospitality, but also refused to sell food to Muslims to show their hatred against them. There was no way out against their harsh behavior, so the Muslims were allowed to use force for obtaining food, as it is impossible to continue a journey without food stuff. Chapter on what has been related about Hijrah Ibn Abbas narrated that on the day of the conquest of Mecca, the Messenger of Allah peace be upon him said, There is no Hijrah after the conquest. There is only Jihad and intention. And when you are called to go forth for battle, then go. This hadith is graded Sahih or authentic. Comments After the conquest of Mecca, the people started entering the religion of Islam and there was no problem with manifesting one's Islam in the land. People made homes wherever they wanted and lived in different towns. Now there was no need for immigration from Mecca to Al-Medina, but people moved from one place to another place for Hajj, Umrah, Jihad, and the acquisition of knowledge, etc. This type of movement and travel is not migration. The place or country where it is not possible to protect one's faith and there is no other choice except immigration, then it is necessary to emigrate to a safe place. Chapter on what has been related about giving the pledge to the Prophet, peace be upon him. Yahya bin Abi Kathir narrated from Abu Salama, from Jabir bin Abdullah about the statement of Allah Most High. Allah was pleased with the believers when they gave the pledge to you under the tree. That Jabir said, we pledged to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, that we would not flee, and we did not pledge to him for death. This hadith is graded sahih, or authentic. Footnote The verse, Allah was pleased with the believers when they gave the pledge to you under the tree, is from Surah Al-Fatih, chapter 48, verse 18. Yazid bin Abi Ubaid narrated, I said to Salama bin al-Akwa' For what did you pledge to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, on the day of Al-Hudaybiyah? He said, For death. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Ibn Umar narrated, We used to pledge to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, to hear and obey. So he would say to us, As much as you are able. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments The Sharia never orders or expects anything from a person which is beyond his power or beyond his endurance. The words of the Prophet, peace be upon him, show his kindness, compassion, and mercy for Muslims. See also Hadith number 1597. Jabir bin Abdullah narrated, We did not pledge to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, for death, but only that we would not flee. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments This narration proves that the commander of the army can have an oath from the troops that they will not flee from the battlefield or that they will fight to the death if required since those who do not flee may retreat and return. This pledge is totally different and has no links or likeness with the pledge of so-called spiritual guides. Chapter on what has been related about violating a pledge. Abu Huraira narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Three will not be spoken to by Allah on the Day of Judgment, nor will they be purified, and for them is a painful torment. A man that gave a pledge to an Imam, and if he gives it to him, he fulfills it, and if he does not give it to him, he does not fulfill it. This hadith is graded sahih, or authentic. Comments An honest person has the privilege that on the day of judgment 
Allah will speak to him and have mercy on him. His offenses and faults will be pardoned. His unpardonable sins will be cleansed by hellfire. And ultimately, he will enter paradise. Chapter 1 What has been related about a slave's pledge Jabir narrated, A slave came to give the pledge to the Prophet, peace be upon him, for hijrah. But the Prophet, peace be upon him, did not realize that he was a slave. So his master came, and the Prophet, peace be upon him, said, Sell him to me. So he purchased him for two black slaves. After this, he, peace be upon him, would not take the pledge from anyone until he asked him if he was a slave. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Footnote This hadith preceded hadith number 1239. Comments The Prophet, peace be upon him, had taken an oath of immigration from him, and there is no return on an oath of immigration. Therefore, the Prophet, peace be upon him, bought him in exchange for two black slaves. This narration proves that increase and decrease is possible in the barter of slaves. Another thing which appears from this narration is that the Prophet, peace be upon him, had no knowledge of hidden things until Allah reveals them to him. Chapter on What has been related about the woman's pledge Ibn al-Munkadir heard Umaymah bin Ruqayyah saying, I pledge to the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, along with some women. He said to us, Inasmuch as you are able and capable, I said, Allah and his Messenger are more merciful to us than we are to ourselves. Then I said, O Messenger of Allah, take the pledge from us. Sufyan, one of the narrators said, meaning, shake hands on it with us. So the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, My statement to one hundred women is like my statement to one. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments The Prophet, peace be upon him, used to hold the hand of men while taking the pledge from them. But from women, he always took a verbal pledge and never held their hand. That is why he said that the words he uttered once will do for one woman or one hundred women at a time. Chapter on What has been related about the number of companions who participated in the Battle of Badr. Al-Bara said, We used to say that the participants at Badr on the day of Badr were like the number of the companions of Talut, 313 men. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments Companions of Talut means those honest and brave persons who crossed the canal and faced the enemy and stood by Talut. They were 313, and those who participated in the Battle of Badr were 313. By some other counts, they were 314, or 317, or 319. Chapter on What has been related about the Khumus Ibn Abbas narrated that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said to a delegation from Abdul Qais, I order you to give the Khumus from your spoils of war. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments In Surat Al-Anfal, one-fifth of the spoils and its details are explained. The Prophet, peace be upon him, ordered the tribe of Abdul Qais to pay this share. See for details, Sahih Muslim. Chapter on What has been related about looting being disliked. Abaya bin Rifa'a narrated from his father, from his grandfather, Rafi' bin Khadij, who said, We were with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, on a journey, when the hasty people went rushing ahead to the sheep to cook them, while the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, was in the rear of the people. Then he passed the kettles and ordered that they be weighed. Then he distributed it between them and equated a camel to ten sheep. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments most people of knowledge agree that when the warriors enter the land of the enemy, they are allowed to take food and fodder from there according to their needs. However, it should be rationed as indicated in this narration. Al-Mughni, volume 13, page 176. Anas narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Whoever plunders, then he is not of us. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments Plundering and looting the property of others 
is an open violation of Islamic law and against the basic concept of brotherhood in Islam. Therefore, according to the words used in this narration, he is not from us. Chapter on what has been related about greeting the people of the book with Salam. Abu Huraira narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Do not precede the Jews and the Christians with the Salam. And if one of you meets one of them in the path, then force him to its narrow portion. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments In normal conditions when Muslims are in power and they are not living as a minority and they are not under any compulsion or subjugation, it is an order for Muslims that they should not give such leeway to the non-Muslims and they should not greet them first nor yield the way for them. Some of the people of knowledge said that it only means that it is disliked because it would amount to honoring them, and the Muslims were only to humiliate them. For this reason, when one of them is met on the path, a Muslim is not to yield for him because doing so would amount to honoring them. In a country where Muslims are living as a minority, they are allowed to give such leeway to non-Muslim rulers for the greater interest of the Muslim community. Tuhfat al-Ahwaldi, Volume 2, page 397 Ibn Umar narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, Indeed, when a Jew gives salam to one of you, then he is only saying, Assamu alaykum, death be upon you. So say, alaykum, and upon you. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Chapter on what has been related about it being disliked to live among the idolaters. Qais bin Abi Hazim narrated from Jarir bin Abdullah that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent a military expedition to Khadam. So some people living there sought safety by prostrating, but they were met quickly and killed. News of this reached the Prophet, peace be upon him, upon which he commanded that they be given half of the aql, blood money, and he said, I am free from every Muslim that lives among the idolaters. They said, O Messenger of Allah, how is that? He said, they should not see each other's campfires. This hadith is graded ta'if or weak. Comments Immigrating and residing in a non-Muslim country for the sake of better livelihood is an extremely shameful action. But going there for the purpose of preaching, safeguarding Islamic interests, and acquiring knowledge is admirable and appreciated, providing one may manifest his religion without fear. Qais bin Abi Hazim narrated similar to the narration of Abu Muawiyah, hadith number 1604, but he did not mention in it from Jarir in it, and that is more correct. This hadith is graded ta'if or weak. Chapter on what has been related about expelling the Jews and the Christians from the Arabian Peninsula. Umar bin al-Khattab narrated, that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, If I live, if Allah wills, I will expel the Jews and the Christians from the Arabian Peninsula. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Jabir bin Abdullah narrated, Umar bin al-Khattab informed me that he heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, I will expel the Jews and the Christians from the Arabian Peninsula, and I will not leave anyone in it except a Muslim. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments The Prophet, peace be upon him, wanted to expel the Jews and Christians who claimed to be the people of the book from the Arabian Peninsula. Non-Muslims are only allowed to live in the Arabian Peninsula temporarily as a traveler or for some other important needs of the society as determined by the leaders. See for details Tuhfat al-Ahwaldi, Volume 2, Page 498 Chapter on what has been related about what the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, left behind. Abu Huraira narrated, Fatima came to Abu Bakr and said, Who will inherit from you? He said, My family and my son. She said, So what about me? I do not get inheritance from my father. So Abu Bakr said, I heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, We are not inherited from but I support those whom the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, used to support, and I spend upon those whom the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, spent upon. This hadith is graded Hassan 
or good. Abu Hurairah narrated that Fatima came to Abu Bakr and Umar, may Allah be pleased with them both, to ask them about her inheritance from the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. They said, We heard the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, say, I am not inherited from. So she said, By Allah, I will never talk to you two again. So she died having not talked to them. This hadith is graded Hassan, or good. Comments The Prophet, peace be upon him, is the spiritual father of a nation. His legacy is not wealth or property. His inheritance is knowledge, which he receives through revelation. His ummah, nation, is heir of his mission and knowledge. Prophets do not have any desire for wealth and property. They want acquittal from worldly affairs. And therefore, they do not collect wealth and do not have any heirs. Malik bin Aus bin al-Hadathan said, I entered upon Umar bin al-Khattab, then Uthman bin Affan, Az-Zubair, Abdurrahman bin Auf, and Sa'ad bin Abi Waqqas entered. Then Ali and al-Abbas came disputing. Umar said to them, I ask you, by Allah, the one by whose will the heavens and the earth are maintained, do you know that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, We are not inherited from what we leave is charity? They said, Yes. Umar said, When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, died, Abu Bakr said, I am the caretaker of the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. So you and he went to Abu Bakr, and you sought your inheritance from the son of your brother. And he sought the inheritance of his wife from her father. So Abu Bakr said that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, We are not inherited from. What we leave is charity, and Allah knows that he is truthful, innocent, instructing and following the truth. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments There is a long story that has been discussed in this narration. For details, see Fawaid Sahih Muslim. Abbas and Ali brought this issue before Umar for the second time to know his point of view about this narration. As for the first time, it was presented before Abu Bakr. Chapter on what has been related about what the Prophet, peace be upon him, said on the day of the conquest. Verily, this is not to be battled over after today. Al-Harith bin Malik bin al-Barsa' narrated, On the day of the conquest of Mecca, I heard the Prophet, peace be upon him, saying, This is not to be battled over after today, until the day of judgment. This hadith is graded Hassan, or good. Comments Respect and honor of Mecca is due to the house of Allah. It was freed from the occupation of infidels to restore its respect and honor. The disbelievers had made it an idol temple. Now Mecca, after its conquest, is a free place respected and honored by Muslims of the world. Therefore, making it a battlefield is unlawful. If some non-Muslim army or group of people attack the city, then Muslims are allowed to fight to save its honor. Chapter on what has been related about the hour in which it is recommended to fight. And Nu'mad bin Muqarrin narrated, I fought along with the Prophet, peace be upon him, and if Fajr had begun, he would wait until the sun rose, and when it rose, he would fight. And if it was the middle of the daytime, he would wait until the sun passed the zenith, and when it passed the zenith, he would fight until Asr. Then he would wait until he had prayed Asr. Then he would fight. He said, and it used to be said during the time, that the wind of victory was raging, and the believers would supplicate for their armies in their salah. This hadith is graded da'if, or weak. Footnote, regarding the statement, he said, and it used to be said during that time, meaning, that is, during the time after the zenith as indicated in the following hadith. Comments the Prophet, peace be upon him, used to start a battle after the morning prayer. Prayers and invocations are means for help, guidance, and success. Winds of success blow as a result of prayer and invocations. Ma'qil bin Yasar narrated, Umar bin al-Khattab sent al-Nu'man bin Muqarrin to al-Hurmuzan, and he mentioned the hadith in its entirety. Al-Nu'man bin Muqarrin said, 
I participated in battles with the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him. So when he did not fight in the beginning of the daytime, he would wait until the sun passed the zenith, and the wind of victory would rage, and victory would descend upon them. This hadith is graded sahih, or authentic. Chapter on what has been related about At-Tira, bad omens. Abdullah bin Mas'ud narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, At-Tira is from shirk, and none among us it influences except that Allah will remove it with the tawakkul, reliance. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments In the period of Jahiliyyah, Arabs, at the time of leaving home for some purpose, took the flight of birds from left to right or right to left as a bad omen. They believed that the flight of the birds will have bad effects and the accomplishment of the pursuits will be influenced. This kind of thinking is a type of shirk because no one has the power except Allah to change a thing from good to bad or otherwise. Anas narrated that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, There is no adawa and no tiyara, and I like fa'l. They said, O Messenger of Allah, what is fa'l? He said, a good statement. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Comments Adwa is transference of disease from the affected person to others. This narration makes it clear that disease does not pass on to another person by itself, but goes to another person by the will of Allah. As the first person gets some disease with the will of Allah, in the same way the second and third, and so on, get this disease by the will of Allah. A person who gets sick and thinks that he got this disease from another person shows lack of trust in Allah. He is advised instead to visit the patients and safeguard his faith and trust in Allah. See Tuhfat al-Ahwadi. Anas bin Malik narrated, The Prophet, peace be upon him, used to like it when he set out upon an affair if he heard, O directed one, O successful one. This hadith is graded da'if or weak. Comments one should always be optimistic and hopeful of good results in this world and in the hereafter. One should see the bright side of things and discard the dark side. The Prophet, peace be upon him, always liked to have a good and happy kind of encouragement on hearing a good remark. There is no reality in a bad omen, and it is considered a kind of shirk. Chapter on what has been related about the exhortation of the Prophet, peace be upon him, Regarding fighting. Sulaiman bin Buraida narrated from his father, who said, When the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, sent a commander of an army, he would exhort him concerning himself to have taqwa of Allah, and he would exhort him to be good to those who are with him among the Muslims. He would say, Fight in the name of Allah, in the cause of Allah. Fight those who disbelieve in Allah, and do not steal from the spoils of war or be treacherous, nor mutilate, and do not kill a child. When you meet your enemy among the idolaters, then call them to one of three options or choices. Whichever of them they respond to, then accept it from them, and refrain from them. Call them to Islam, and to relocate from their land to the land of the immigrants. Inform them that if they do that, then they will have similar to what those who immigrated have, and from them will be required similar to what is required from those who have immigrated. And if they refuse to relocate, then inform them that they will be like the Bedouins among the Muslims, and they will be treated the same as the Bedouins are treated. There is no spoils or fay for them, unless they fight along with the Muslims. If they refuse, then seek aid from Allah against them and fight them. And if you lay siege to a fortress and they want you to grant them a covenant from Allah and a covenant of his Prophet, peace be upon him, then do not grant them the covenant of Allah nor the covenant of his Prophet, peace be upon him. Rather, grant them your own covenant and the covenant of your companions. For if you break your covenant and the covenant of your companions, it will be better than breaking Allah's covenant and the covenant of his Messenger, peace be upon him. And if you lay siege to the people of a fortress, and they want you to lift the siege for negotiation 
upon the judgment of Allah, then do not stop, but rather make them surrender to your judgment. For you do not know if you will come upon the judgment of Allah regarding them or not, or similar to that. This hadith is graded sahih or authentic. Footnote Regarding the statement, there is no war spoils or fay for them unless they fight along with the Muslims. See hadith number 1556. Comments Preaching and inviting to accept Islam is essential. It has been discussed in this narration that advice and guiding tips have been mentioned for the commander going on a venture. See book number 17, chapter 1. Anas bin Malik narrated, The Prophet, peace be upon him, would not attack except near the time of Fajr. So if he heard the Adhan, he would refrain, and if not, then he would attack. So he listened one day and heard a man saying, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. So he said, Upon the Fitrah. Then he said, I bear witness that none has the right to be worshipped but Allah. So he said, You have departed from the fire. This hadith is graded Sahih or authentic. Comments The purpose of lawful fighting is to make Allah's word uppermost in the land. Hearing the call for prayer from the village or town is a sign that the Muslims reside there, so it should not be attacked.